Hello, welcome to Reversal of the Muse. My name is Laura Marling and uh, I'm continuing my conversations with women who work in and around studios about female creativity and why there aren't more women working in recording studios. Today I'm talking to Olga Fitzroy who is a, an in-house engineer at Air Studios and I worked with Olga a few years ago, um, not long, not for long though, just on one track and I think she was the first female engineer that I'd come across. Um, so that was exciting and she's a proper proper pro engineer and she mostly does film scores um, Air Studios is famous for doing big orchestral scores and um, they have a huge amazing um, beautiful live room for that as well as that she also engineered the last Coldplay record uh, Foo Fighters Muse and since I spoke to her for this podcast she came in to work on my embodiment of this podcast which was um, to organise a, a female run and operated studio which I did in London a few weeks ago. Uh, we took over Urchin Studios in Hackney and we brought in um, all the female engineers we could find. Of course there were there were actually more than I could fit into a week which was really brilliant and we had a couple of artists come down and Olga was on the session that we did with a band called The Big Moon and um, watch this space for uh, the fruits of that labour soon. And uh, here is the conversation that I had with her a couple of weeks prior to this about um, her work, how she got into engineering, whether she's noticed any advantage or disadvantage of being a woman. I, from what I recall, she didn't um, notice any disadvantages. So that's fantastic. That's what we like to hear. And uh, here you go. Please come and see us again at Reversal of the Muse. Hi, I'm Olga Fitzroy. Um, I'm a recording engineer and mixer. I expected you to be Norwegian. No, I'm half German okay. and half Scottish. Okay, great. <laughs> you work at Air Studios. Yeah, that's where I started. Um, and I mean, I work all over London and other places now, but that's where my management's based and it's where I've spent most of my career. Right, and Air, can you give us a bit of context about what Air Studios is? So Air Studios was the studio that was started by George Martin when he basically I think got fed up with just working within the record company framework at EMI um, and he started the first one at Oxford Circus just above where Topshop is now mm-hmm. and then they moved to Lindhurst Road where they are now in 92 I think. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know Air is the place to go for orchestral scores and things. Yeah the main hall is like basically a great big orchestral room it's got a lovely acoustic and mm-hmm. fit about 90 odd people in there. Right. And they do a lot of iTunes sessions and things there, don't they? Yeah, they did an iTunes festival there one year, um, and they do like, you know, live live things like nicely recorded live EPs and things like that as well. Yeah, you started at Air fourteen years ago or thirteen years ago. Two thousand and three. Yeah, so nearly thirteen years ago. Yeah, and so you and what age were you then? Twenty one. Right. Sorry to make you. That's all right. What was that like? Um, it was brilliant actually. Um, so I started there as a placement from uni. So it was my third year of uni. We had to go and work in industry. Um, and I remember when I found out I'd got the got the job for a year. I basically nearly cried. I was so excited. And yeah, just working there for even like in the first couple of months, I probably learnt more there than I did in my first two years of my degree. Right, I bet. And it was really brilliant as well. Um, it's quite a family atmosphere because most of the people had been there so long. Mm. Um, just yeah, a really lovely place to work. Yeah. What did you study at? university um it was a course called the tom meister course at surrey uni and it was music and sound recording okay what was the ratio of men and women on your course 
Um, I think there are 20 boys and four girls. Um, okay. That's not that bad. No, I think two of the girls dropped out before we finished the course, though, so by final year it's only two girls and 20 boys. Okay. It is quite a choice, and the choice is really... The choice that you're making is very apparent from the beginning, isn't it? Yeah. Being a sound engineer, it's a very set path, unless you somehow manage to, like, by some miracle, circumnavigate being an assistant for years and getting people's tea. And did you have to do that? Did you do... Was that your... Yeah. I mean, I think there's sort of two different paths now, I think. There's the sort of big studio path, the traditional path, which is sort of what I did. You're a runner and then an assistant or tape-op, and you make tea probably for about minimum of eight years, usually like ten years. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, And, you know, you get to do more and more of your own sessions as that goes along. But, yeah, you do make tea for about a decade. Wow. (laughs) And then I guess other people might end up working just for one producer and make tea for them for six months, but then end up doing more hands-on stuff a a lot sooner. I feel like from the producers who have chosen engineers or have engineers that they work for, there's something really sweet about that relationship. It's like in... um, What's that book where you where you have your like spirit animal who travels with you oh, everywhere? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Amber Spyglass books, whatever they are. Yeah. Um, do you have a producer that you work with a lot? Yeah, and we you sort of get that over the course of that project, but then you also get to step back when that project's finished. Mm. I mean, Rick Simpson from Coldplay, who works with the Coldplay guys. I mean, him and I have done two studio albums: one where I was assisting, one where I was engineering, and then we've done like couple of live records as well mm. so again like you sort of learn to anticipate what your producer wants and can sort of basically get stuff ready for them and try and read their mind as best as you can yes um yeah it becomes a it becomes like a psychic relationship yeah yeah and I think it's sort of you have to get on with each other and you have to sort of be able to you know bear a person's company for long periods of time mm-hmm. but yes I think you just need to be quite chilled out to do that yeah yes you have to be yeah likable definitely and you have, if you don't mind me saying, you have a three and a half month old baby. Yeah. <laughs> How are you coping with that and the hours of engineering? Well, at the moment, I'm not doing any like crazy hours album wise right now. Um, but I've done a couple of days here and there. I did a day at Abbey Road the other week. Um, so it just takes a bit of forward planning. And, I, you know, hopefully once he's a bit older and sleeping through the night, then I can start doing more longer band sessions yeah um yeah i definitely hope those two things can coexist i'm pretty sure we can make it work yeah well this is the interesting thing i mean people are making it work across all industry obviously but the interesting thing that i spoke about with vanessa parr was she was like well fundamentally you don't get as many female engineers because you can't have a family yeah and i was like hmm that's interesting i don't know if that's true well clearly it's not true because you're proving the point yeah, I mean, I think, like we were talking about my the ratio of people in my uni course, um, I think you get fewer female engineers from the beginning because few people choose to do it. But I think the family thing is quite hard because if I'd have still been an assistant engineer um, and working those hours on the sort of pay that you get, mm. then it wouldn't have been feasible to have a baby and then go back to doing that work. Yeah. Whereas as an engineer, um, you can sort of do a few days here and there or a few weeks you can do do it on a project by project basis and it's sort of worth your while going back to work whereas if you're making tea for people and not for, for not very much money then it's not really you can't really justify it I think if you've got a family right it's got to be pretty hard yeah 
What does your partner do, if you don't mind me asking? He's a technical engineer at Air Studios. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really interesting. That's the same. Vanessa Parr's husband is an engineer at the same studio really? that she yeah. works at. Well, you don't get out much when no, you're working. <laughs> I imagine not. Do you just correlate schedules and make sure that... You, yeah, know? exactly. So I've got stuff next week. Bristol Simon will take a few days leave and look after Lucas. Um, and I'll go into work. That's nice. Yeah, and it, you know, at least he understands the industry and knows that when I'm going to work, I'm not going to be finished at five. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's certainly not the case. I mean, the, the hours, do you, get, do you have more say over your hours now? Can you say I have to leave at nine or whatever? It depends on the project, really. Um, generally not, but I guess if it's people I've worked with a lot, then I can anticipate what sort of hours they might do and kind of plan for it. Right. I could not deal with the anticipation of not knowing what time we're going to finish. So you have to have a finish time when I you go to the studio? To, yeah. I mean, I've just done a record where I didn't, and it nearly drove me insane. That's like, really interesting, because it's normally the artist, normally you lot, that make us stay till four in the morning. <laughs> I'm, like, not a perfectionist by any... As, as you just witnessed as I was putting this recording set up together. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't really have any attachment to technological things. Yeah. And so I find being in the studio, unless I'm performing, really quite difficult. Right. Um, which is why I've always had like someone like Ethan who at least keeps me there until yeah. he's there, you know, for as long as he's there. But he's got kids now, so he he liked to finish at 10 p.m. Yeah. and take the weekends off and stuff, which is really... I'm I think now it's really healthy, though, because then I think you make better decisions when you're not really fucked and tired. Yeah, I've... Never made a decent decision after midnight. No, that's, that's <laughs> what I always say. It's after midnight, what is the point? And you're just driving yourself into the ground. Yeah, and the yeah. next day you're more tired. Ooh. And then like, an interesting thing that a composer friend said to me, because we were working on a project, another mutual friend of ours was writing on like several different shows at once. And he was going, yeah, when you're really tired, you're less willing to try new things and take risks because you're so tired, you just do what works. Right. And like, do a bit of autopilot and you might get something acceptable, but you're probably not going to get anything brilliant because you're yeah. too sort of tired to take a risk with anything. Don't know if that... <sighs> yeah. Do you think that's true? I think that's true. I mean, that's how... I mean, I, I'm a musician and I'm supposed to be cool. <laughs> that's the thing, right? That's like what musicians are supposed to be. I like to be in bed by 10... I like to get up at seven. Yeah. I don't love drinking. And I like having enough time in a day to do the crossword and read my book for an hour. Yeah. Because I think those two things are really crucial to the rest of my day of creativity in whatever yeah. form it is. And um, I don't think those are considered cool. But maybe they will be someday. One some day. magical day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've been in a male-dominant environment since you were 18 and whenever we Yeah. Have you ever noticed that, firstly? Um, I've become so used to it. Tell you what I notice now, that I've got my mum friends that I go and have coffees with. I miss male company. Mm, interesting. I just find it like, I hadn't even thought about it, but then when I was back in the studio for a day, I was going, oh, this feels more normal. Mm. That's really interesting. Yeah. I was just talking to my friend, Phoebe, who, um, is got, who's got a four-year-old, and I bought her on tour with me recently, just like for one day, yeah. took her to a gig. She was like, it is so weird to be in a masculine environment. <laughs> like all she, she works for a female charity. Yeah. She's, she did her degree in like postmodern feminism <laughs> and she's got a four-year-old daughter. Yeah. 
and she was like, wow, this is, it is really, and she, and it was quite nice to hear someone say that, yeah. because I've been in, I've been touring or whatever, you know, sharing a bus with 10 men yeah. since I was 16. But that's normal for you now, right? It is, but only now am I sort of thinking like, why is that normal? <laughs> you know, like, what would my life have been like had I, no regrets, and I wouldn't change anything, but are we missing a distinctly feminine part of how music is made and how music is performed and how music, everything behind music I sort of went deep down this rabbit hole of you know studio the setup of a studio is is a masculine setup and it's made for men and the hours that they, we work or there's a lot that is so masculine mm. that I've we've ad- I feel like I've adapted to now in, in retrospect yeah and and I wonder what what if we put our attention to it, we could contribute to raising the feminine way of working. Mm. I don't know what that looks like. That's like a very abstract concept, obviously. But so, for instance, someone said, uh, I can't remember who it was, but that women hear differently. Yeah, I've read that. They, you know, scientifically, they have more top end in both ears. And men have one ear is less. All right, top end. And I think it was because of hearing... It's something to do with panorama hearing. Oh, okay. But yeah, I've definitely heard the thing that women have got a better top end response. Yeah. That's interesting. So what if all the records in the world are (laughs) missing like a bit of top end? Or what if our taste in how we like things to sound is a masculine taste? Yeah, I think it probably definitely is because most mixers or male Mm -hmm. do you think that you have a sort of tonal palette that you like that people like in you because you you achieve that tonal palette for them yeah I think so Mm. Um, but it's a really hard thing to quantify whether that's down to gender whether it's just because everyone's so different I mean two women mixing the same multi-track will mix something completely different as well a man and a woman so it's a really hard thing to quantify yeah it is as has been made really clear by these conversations. <laughs> but do you find, say, okay, so on a more human level, do you find you interact differently with women than with men? Sometimes, I think. Um, and I think often if I'm working with a female artist or composer, they quite enjoy having another woman in the studio. Mm. Um, and they feel, I guess you'd have to ask them, but I've sort of often got from conversations with them that they quite enjoy having another woman on their side as it were when they've got mm. like the record label might be a bunch of men or the, certainly in film directors and producers are more often than not a bunch of men as well mm-hmm. um, but then also I think men sometimes enjoy it because there is less of a sort of competitiveness mm-hmm. um, again with depending on what which men you're working with but mm. less of a sort of jostling for egos yeah um and also sometimes maybe if a male producer might or composer might be feeling a bit insecure because people above them that are you know throwing their weight around it's nice for them to have someone who's not in direct competition with them who's more complimentary not trying to outshine them that's a really interesting word complimentary might you just saw my face lit up with how (laughs) excited i was that you said that that's what i think is really interesting and important yeah. I think there is such a complementary union that happens between a man and a woman in any creative environment. And I've experienced that positively many, many mm. times over 
me and Ethan or or the, the, the I've recently been working with a guy called Blake Mills yeah and that balance I think like really amazing stuff happens and yeah. it's really it just doesn't happen enough no. and, and it strikes me as odd that as you say most film directors and producers are male and they do exercise a kind of dominance over women it, because the women tend to take less dominant roles yeah I mean, has that occurred to you in your time working in studios that you've never seen? Have you ever seen a female producer? I don't think I've had. I've worked with female artists who've self-produced, um, right. and I've worked with female film composers. I don't think. I don't think I've come across a female film producer. Um, as female music supervisors, but again, they're taking orders from people above them quite often. Mm. Certainly not in terms of bands. I've never worked with a female band producer. Yeah. Isn't that quite strange? Yeah, that is really strange, actually. And what's even more strange is that I haven't questioned it as much as I probably should have done. Yeah. You know, you sort of accept it and that's how things are and you don't really think about it because I guess you don't really think of your colleagues just as men and women. They're just, you know, people People, you're working with. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, I obviously never questioned it until I was like, hang on, I've never... Actually, when I started really questioning it was when I went and self-produced a record of my own. And I did it in my friend's really brilliant studio, Urchin Studios, and I did it with the two people that I've known for like 10 years. Yeah. And that was the only environment I could possibly think about doing that in because yeah. any other... If I'd done it at air, I would have been so intimidated, I would have not been able to leave my bedroom in the morning, probably. <laughs> the the desk and the the, world, the whole world that's going mm. on there is so alien to me. But as I've been doing this, interviewing different people, I realised that we've been taking apart the role of producer and the role of engineer and it's engineers who are doing that really intimidating bit I realize <laughs> now you know like it's you're running the you know you're patching everything in and yeah. getting the sounds and a producer's role is quite patriarchal it's just a leadership isn't it of, yeah. of it's 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 collecting the energy the energies or the uses of the people in the room and putting them to their correct place yeah and is that something that's more suited to men? Is that something that's like... I don't think it is, necessarily, mm. at all. What makes you say that? You know, women can quite easily go, that's a good take, that's a bad take, that's a, that should sound like this, do you know what I mean? And do mm. all those things. And I think often women have... That's really sexist, actually, but I've seen, you know, sometimes women can have better people skills. Because mm. <laughs> that is sexist, isn't it? But can maybe be more tactful, I guess, in getting people to do what they want, you mm. know, because a lot of people on the sort of music admin side that are women that I'm sure you've come across that end up coordinating a whole bunch of things and seem to do it really well Mm. there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do it in the studio yes but I guess a lot of producers are men because also they've got to that level of seniority so they're probably people in their 40s minimum and older so when they were starting out there weren't any women yeah it might be just an evolutionary process yeah so maybe the next generation will have more women uh, I'm also seeing more women assistants now than when I, like when I first started I think I was the only girl that I knew of that was an assistant in a studio yeah but now I've had about four or five girls assist me on various different things really yeah I think it's really important that women teach women I do think I think more women would do it if there was more women teaching it obviously and I think it's even like before people that like leave school and go to college because it's I guess it's at that point that they're choosing not to do anything technical. I mean, there's tons of girls that studied music at the same uni. Yeah. But, um, yeah, only four in my year out of 24 that did the sound engineering part of it. 
Very interesting. Is it is technical stuff more masculine? I think we're sort of told that we... I don't know if we're told that we can't do it, but I guess in a lot of families, the dad might be the one that does any sort of fixing right. of stuff, I think. I mean, not in my family. Nobody in my family fixes anything. Um, just trying to think. Because, yeah, as kids, like, my brother was really into, like, taking bits of equipment apart, like, old radios. I mean, he's rubbish at putting them back together again, but he would, like, take stuff apart. My mum and dad really encouraged it. And I was never that interested in it at all. Right. But... Um, but then I wanted to do sound engineering and I actually realised even if you're not massively naturally into technology, you can learn enough to do what you want to do. Yes. You know, I'm not designing mixing desks, I'm just pressing buttons. Yeah. Do you feel, you don't feel constricted in any way by masculine environment? No, I've become really used to it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I still like, enjoy times when I see my girlfriends and do more girly stuff. But I've definitely, I'm really used to a masculine environment and having not been in that for a couple of months I've sort of missed it a bit right I mean I didn't really realize until I went back to work like oh this feels normal (laughs) yeah right so you won at the MPGs yeah you won engineer of the year yes that's very exciting congratulations thank you wicked I've been to the MPGs Mm. it's quite a thing yeah it's quite sweet it's like because obviously it's mostly people who spend most of their days in studios yeah <laughs> so it feels like everyone's on day release in the definitely in like a really nice no, way definitely <laughs> um but they were they seem to be doing quite a push on women right now i don't know if that's like a push push for women but the fk twigs won a bunch of stuff didn't you yeah Catherine marks won breakthrough producer i think well that's good i've sort of as we come to the end of this conversation, I sort of find myself thinking, I don't think I've got much to worry about. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of women doing it. I mean, there, there, isn't, as not, there isn't as many women as men, No, obviously. not at all. But I guess that's true of pretty much every industry currently. Apart from teaching, I suppose. Apart from teaching and nursing. Yeah. That's good. Solid jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think we've covered a lot of really interesting stuff. So thank you so much. That's a pleasure. And I'm very glad that you exist. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>